Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to the Health Simple Show. I'm your host, Kyle Reedhead, and I interview health and wellness experts from around the world to help you live healthy, happy, and stress-free. Enjoy the next show. Today, we welcome uh, Dr. Laura Bellis, uh, who's a naturopathic doctor to the Health Simple Show. Um, so she's a naturopathic doctor, but also has a, a passion for kind of health optimization. If you've had a chance to look at her, her information or the stuff she posts on social media, it's super cool, super interesting, um, and, and likes to challenge a lot of, I guess, common beliefs or myths that are out there. So uh, really cool stuff to, to check out. Uh, her focus is, and feel free to add to it, but focus is more on kind of anti-aging, hormone balance, those sort of areas. Uh, today we're going to talk a lot about detoxing because it's another area of interest. Uh, so we're going to do a lot of, of conversation on that because I know uh, I always get a ton of questions on detoxing. So um, <laughs> that should be a good topic. And then finally, um, Dr. Laura treats in Toronto and Mississauga at two different clinics. So for those of you that are on from the greater Toronto area, um, you know, if you happen to connect with something here, then you can go check her out at her clinic and I'm sure she can help you out. Awesome. Thanks for that introduction, Kyle. That was great. Yeah, no problem. So uh, let me give you a quick rundown of what we did today. So I don't know if you, if you, do you know much about Peru at all? Uh, very little from the people that have traveled, but yeah, not, not too much. Have you heard of Rainbow Mountains? They're called the oh. Rainbow Mountains. It's, okay, so we hiked the Rainbow Mountains today. So for those of you who don't, really, don't know yet, I'm in Cusco, Peru, which is like up in the mountains of, of Peru. Uh, it's where actually Peru kind of first, where they first settled, the Incas. So there's a lot of historical sites and things here. But um, Rainbow Mountains is sort of a new um, area that is now has a lot of interest because what happened is all the snow melted on this mountain. And underneath of it was all these different minerals that are in kind of like a pattern. So there's all these different colors. There's like yellow, green, red, and they're very vibrant. It's, it's, it's crazy. If you Google it, just Rainbow Mountain, Peru. It is wow. the most incredible looking thing ever, but huh. it's 5,200 meters um, above sea level. So for Canadians, I guess, or yeah. it's about 16,000 <laughs> feet, um, which is Jeez. insane. So this morning we were, yeah. up at, we were up on a bus at 3.30 a.m. that drove us wow. three hours up this mountain, drops us off at 4,200 meters, so you get off the bus, you can okay. barely breathe as it is, and yeah. then you hike for a couple hours up to the top. It was, it was honestly probably the most <laughs> challenging thing I've ever done mentally and physically. Um, but wow. when you get to the top, it's just absolutely, absolutely incredible. Wow, yeah. that's. I mean, I guess just adjusting physically to that climate, right, is just a, a you know an effort in and of itself. Uh, it was, it makes you realize how, I mean, so a lot of it was just practicing deep breathing. I was like meditating on my way up because I'm like, I got to figure out how to not just fall over right now. It was pretty crazy, but uh, really, wow. really cool. Yeah. Well, I'll have some pictures going up soon on it because it, it was, yeah. yeah. So, well, you know what? I, 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 yeah, I think that's a great way to kind of start things off, right? With a bit of an adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So kind of cool that we're able to do that. And then all of a sudden we come in here and I get to talk to you and, and learn all about uh, you know detoxing, and we're going to start, I think, more on what exactly a naturopathic doctor is, because I'm not sure that everyone knows just yet. Um, so I want to look at kind of what exactly you do, and then mm -hmm. how you differentiate between you know an ND from an MD, I guess. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. <laughs> so first and foremost, you know, um, naturopathic doctors, they, they're sort of certified um, and accredited everywhere in North America. So kind of the Canada, U.S., um, there's just different schools that, that train us. Uh, we are primary care providers, meaning we are trained in things like physical exam, like you would go to, for your annual checkup. We can read and request blood work like your MD card. Um, the only real difference is that we don't use pharmaceuticals to treat. So we don't use drugs uh, and medications, though we still learn about them uh, yeah. because natural things, uh, you know, remedies can definitely interact with some prescriptions. So we just, uh, you know, our philosophy is different. We look at, you know, treating the root cause of the issue instead of putting a Band-Aid on it. And don't get me wrong, conventional medicine is awesome uh, for many things, but it's yeah. more of a reactive approach. Preventative yeah. medicine, I guess, is the best way to look at naturopathic medicine. Yeah, yeah. So more on the, I guess, functional medicine type. So the way that I see it too is, is MDs are looking at symptoms and they're gonna, they're gonna medicate for certain symptoms and that's kind of how that way works, whereas a naturopathic doctor is gonna, like you said, look for the root of the problem and then either I mean, it even starts in prevention, I think, with an ND at times. So it's not just about, yeah. you know, once you have an issue, um, treating it then. It's let's look at you before and see how we can, you know, make you even healthier or how can we treat or manage um, any issues that you're having um, naturally using natural therapies, yes. whether it's through food or supplements or even things like, I think a lot of naturopathic doctors I know do like acupuncture. Uh, yes. Into like manual therapy and stuff too, I guess, as well. Yeah, we get trained a little bit in like basic chiropractic techniques. Again, yeah. every naturopath will use those to certain varying uh, degrees, but uh, we do have the physical component in our tool belt, even if that yeah. just means to refer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And so one of the big things that, that I think NDs do is, is testing. So finding out exactly what is going on with someone. Um, yeah. Can you talk more about that? Why someone should be getting... Um, these sort of tests, what sort of tests there are and what we find with them? Well, that's like, how much time do you have? You know, there's so much to, uh, to discuss. But let me just sort of sum it, sum it up a little bit in kind of categories. So the first question is, you know, when to test or how do you know if testing is useful? Well, the simple answer is that testing is actually useful for everybody. There's a test and, and um, even if that's basic blood work or more advanced test, um, most people should have some sort of data at some point uh, in their health, especially if they're not at an optimal state. So if they're feeling good, but they want to feel great or they have an actual symptom, fatigue, skin issues, et cetera. Uh, you know, we want to make sure we figure out what's going on. Um, so testing definitely has a role in everybody's um, kind of health journey. But the question is, well, what do you test, right? That's, that's a question I get a lot. Uh, so we do do traditional blood testing. But this is where I'm going to sort of, you know, myth bust a little bit. You know, blood testing is not the best way to test a lot of markers of health. So um, let me first start by saying, you know, your basics, you know, cholesterol and, uh, you know, maybe your B vitamins, iron, sure, blood testing is useful. Um, mm -hmm. But it kind of stops there. I know that sounds crazy. In emergency medicine, if you, you know, you go to the ER with, with an you know, acute problem, you know, you feel faint or you had food poisoning, they'll run a few blood tests that are what we call acute blood tests. Make sure your electrolytes are not off. Those are, uh, you know, those are acute blood tests. But for the average person, that's like, why am I tired or why am I bloated or why am I not recovering great after my workouts, et cetera? Blood tests are just not going to find that uh, for the most part. So we have to look into what we call functional medicine testing. Okay. So in that, yeah, functional medicine testing is kind of a sort of a 
general umbrella term, and these yeah. would be things like um, digestive stool testing, urine testing to test how well your liver uh, functions and detoxing. It also tests if you have a good or a bad balance of bacteria, which is a huge, huge part of, of a lot of health concerns today, actually. So this is a really nice way to kind of really get an, get an answer about what's going on. Um, instead of question marking uh, what, why your symptoms are being caused, you can actually find the answer, which is why testing is helpful. So um, which, where should someone start? I mean, if someone wants to get a test because they just they want to see how healthy they are or kind of you know, where they can improve, Mm -hmm. Do they get them all? Should they, you know? <laughs> yeah. <I> know. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, well, I mean, sure. In an ideal world, it would be great to not have to pay out of pocket for any testing. You know, all of, you know, in Canada here, we, we do have, uh, you know, our, our provincial health care and we have a lot more um, options. But for, you know, those of our friends in the U.S. and other parts of the world, a lot of people do pay out of pocket. So it's how can we be smart, right? And that's why sometimes seeing a practitioner is helpful because you don't want to yeah. just pay out of pocket for everything and more data isn't always better. It's just being smart about it. Um, but as a baseline, if you haven't had even basic blood work done um, in over two or three years, I highly recommend it. Um, I don't look at blood work if it's more than a year old. It's just things change too much. Um, and for, for those of you that kind of want optimal health, some basic things in the blood work that are useful would be like a CBC that's just like your iron levels in your blood and are you anemic and you know how well is your blood oxygenated so in your yeah. case you know yeah. being at a higher yeah. altitude will yeah. help some of those numbers eventually if you stay yeah, at that, yeah. that uh, altitude <laughs> um, but vitamin D vitamin B12 these are things that a lot of people take on their own and they don't really know what their levels are so again good to test and good to test just they cost you know a few dollars uh, and most of us here in Canada can get them covered for free so yeah. And yeah, it's a good place to start. A lot of people are taking supplements, but they're just taking them because they've heard that, you know, vitamin D is good to take or this supplement is good to take. Really, yeah. it, I think it makes more sense. You want to get tested first, see where you're deficient, and then look at supplements at that point. Is that kind of... Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, for a lot of nutrients, you can test, right? You can test magnesium levels. You can test vitamin D. Um, that would be the ideal. But again, because it costs money, uh, the two major ones that I think are worth testing are vitamin D and um, vitamin B12 for the average person. This will help boost energy, help mood, help thyroid function and metabolism. Um, these are two nutrients that, again, are you don't really know if they're good for you until you actually check your levels. Um, B12, of course, if you take in a high dose, you will feel better if you're low, especially vegetarians or, you know, vegans, plant-based diet people. Um, you want to make sure you get those B12 levels up. Now, vitamin D, just because we brought that up, in the winter, especially in Canada or somewhere where it's cold, you're not getting mm -hmm. as much sun, is it super important then or is that, am I off? Yeah. Don't actually, to be honest, here in like if you're anywhere north of like, I don't know if it's Georgia or what part of the states, um, you know, that kind of line where anything north, we just don't get enough sun at the intensity hitting us uh, for long enough to actually make an adequate amount of vitamin D. Okay. So having said that, I recommend upping your dose in the winter and fall months and decreasing your dose, but still dosing vitamin D during the summer months. So that is a bit of a misnomer. People are like, I don't need it. It's sunny here. For yeah, most yeah. of us, we're still covered up. Our faces are exposed. Maybe we're in short sleeves, but we're not out and about all day uh, exposed to the sun. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, cool. And now we talked earlier this week, we talked about saliva testing. What, uh, mm. I don't know a lot about saliva testing. So is, what is this, what's the use for that? <laughs> yeah, so that's one of my favorites. Um, I think naturopathics, uh, naturopathic medicine, we, we, we love saliva testing because yeah. it mainly tests hormones that you, you really can't test well in the blood or can't test accurately in the blood. So for um, anyone who thinks that they maybe have adrenal fatigue or that like exhaustion, overwork, burnout, um, you should test your, your adrenal function. So that's your cortisol. And that is a hormone that's produced by the body, uh, normally elevates in the morning, keeps you going until midday, and then naturally falls down. So if you wake up tired, can't get to sleep at night, you feel wired, like you're, you know, you swear you're a night owl, then sometimes it's actually your cortisol's off. Um, and again, a lot of people hear adrenal burnout or, you know, they need to take supplements to help that. Sure, but that's a really valuable test to know first what's going on. So saliva hormones for your cortisol are, you know, definitely popular now more so, but they yeah. are still not, not a lot of people know about them. Yeah, I find so you brought up a good point, I think, is that I think a lot of people think that when they're tired midday or they go from work and they're exhausted or whatever, they think that's just mm -hmm. normal. That's just part of being human. And I've been reading a lot of books lately on kind of health optimizations and sort of biohacking your health. And yeah. it talks about how really any of these kind of symptoms that, you know, if you're not feeling amazing, that's how humans are supposed to feel. So it means that there's something wrong. Maybe there's a deficiency. Maybe you're having too many toxins. Maybe whatever it is. But really, yeah. you shouldn't be getting fatigued. You shouldn't be getting tired. You shouldn't have headaches. These are not normal symptoms for humans. Is this, am I on the right track here? So true. And I love that. I think, you know, this idea of, you know, healthy is the diff is different than not having a disease. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, just because I don't have diabetes, just because I don't have low iron or low, like it doesn't mean that I'm fine. You know, feeling fine is not feeling great. And you are yeah. absolutely true. I think, I think Kevin Trudeau, he's an author. He, he was saying that, uh, you know, most people have no idea how well or how good their bodies are designed to feel. Yeah. And that is an understatement. If you think you're feeling okay, if I wish I could turn a switch to like let people into that like amazing <laughs> feeling. So they're like, oh shoot, like this is how, this is normal. This is how I could live my life. And I tell people all the time, you don't have to be a top performing athlete. I mean, what do you want to do more with your life? Do you want to just take better care of your kids, run your business, have time for yourself after, like you said, a seven or nine hour day? and not feel exhausted. So I yeah. think we can all benefit from health optimization and it's not normal to feel just okay and get by. Yeah, so do you deal with a lot of clients that, that are not actually sick, more just looking to improve their, I guess their, whether it's their mind or they wanna improve just their overall health? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a mix. So oftentimes it's something that's out of balance that brings them in. So for example, yeah, fatigue is a big one or, or digestive health, they're having issues. And it's annoying a little bit. So they come in and they say, you know, I've been trying to deal with this on my own. Now it's kind of taking hold of, of my health. But for a lot of people or for the other half, it's I'm feeling okay, but I want to feel great, you know? So they can actually get by with how they are, uh, but they're realizing, shoot, like I want more out of my life. The younger generation, I guess, unfortunately, for better or worse, I feel like um, it's, we're just in a different time now where being healthy like that is the best that's the what that's the ultimate wealth isn't it right yeah. oh, having for that sure. health for sure. it, it's it's not about scraping by anymore it's not just doing fine so um it's a growing field it's a growing field of people that want health optimization so i'd say it's about 50 50 in my practice okay cool and so someone that has fatigue 
where and I'm sure this is a loaded question because probably so many different <laughs> areas, but what kind of things would you be looking at right away when someone comes in to say that they have, you know, chronic fatigue, I guess? Uh, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, fatigue, that's a huge issue. Um, yeah. And there's a difference between low energy and feeling fatigued. There's a difference between feeling sleepy and feeling fatigued. So I often ask patients firstly, like, are they mentally fatigued? Like, are they just drained, brain fog, you know, can't really focus? Uh, or is it that they're physically drained, right? And physically fatigued, like the idea of going and, and working out is too much, or, or they just want to crash as soon as they get home. Um, there are two different reasons. So in general, we look at thyroid for sure. That's a big one, especially for the female clients. Um, yeah. Low thyroid can cause just low energy, especially when you wake up. If you wake up and you're kind of exhausted to start the day, uh, definitely you want to you look into thyroid or B12 levels. Very, very low B12 or just not optimal B12 can be yeah. a cause of that kind of low-grade um, energy throughout the day. Um, and then for my top performers or those people that like, you know, finish degrees and have three jobs and like, you know, raise a family and then they're like, I'm not stressed, but that constant go, go, go over years has taken its toll. And that's when we're dealing with adrenal fatigue. Um, and that's a complex kind of condition. No two people yeah. have the same presentation, but testing again can really uncover what's going on. Okay. Now, and here's a question that was actually just put in here. What about hair tests? Mm. We talked about blood tests. We talked about urine tests. Um, yep. Hair tests, is that something you do as well? Yeah, so I do hair testing for um, minerals and for toxic uh, elements. So if you are feeling toxic, you're feeling a little bit overloaded with maybe, um, you know, lead or aluminum, especially if you're fatigued and we can't figure out what's going on, um, this is when yeah. we'll test uh, hair. For kids, a lot of parents will bring in their kids if they have like ADHD and things like that. There's a lot of research to support that sometimes there's a buildup of some metals. Hair testing is just super simple, right? It, it's not the be all end all, but it definitely gives you a place to start and say, hey, maybe I should look into these things that I could, I could use. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and then so I think urine testing as well, was that a, was that a question? Yeah, yeah, there's urine testing. Yeah, so, so the, yeah, the urine testing, absolutely love the um, urine testing as a way to again, track how much your body's using and breaking down uh, certain chemicals or certain um, molecules in the body. So think okay. of it as kind of like an engine. If the engine's revving high the whole time, that's important. Do we, like, you know, it's, it's how hard your body's working. Uh, a lot of those things can be tracked in the urine. So really good insight. Like the top, the kind of the gold standard tests right now in, in sort of, let's call it functional medicine or natural medicine or, you know, integrative medicine, a lot of these are urine tests. Really? And saliva okay. because they're just they're more sensitive. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't. I never really seen much about hair testing, so um, good to get a little note on that <laughs> too. Another question that just came in actually on adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. So just asking if you can explain what exactly adrenal fatigue is, and does that mm -hmm. mean that there's like a an out of balance of hormones, or what, what's really going on there? Yeah. So again, you know, trying to kind of simplify a, a large topic, but the adrenal glands, simply put, are these little organs that sit above our kidneys. And they're responsible for producing our stress hormones. They manage our blood pressure. They manage our blood sugar. They get us up and going, you know, if we're excited about something or, you know, historically, if we're running from a bear or a lion, a lot of, you know, people use that, that analogy. It gets you revved up. It gets you going. When your cortisol, that's your stress hormone, is high, you feel good. Most people don't come in when they're feeling that way unless they can't sleep. Um, so they're feeling good. Life is good. They're pushing through. I've got a lot on their plate, juggling a lot. 
um, but they don't have enough downtime. They don't unplug. At some point, that tank empties. Right? Okay. If you're not refilling that tank with either nutrients, nutrition, supplements, sleep, uh, that tank is going to empty out. So for some people, it's after one year. For some people, that's after 10 years. And adrenal fatigue is like when your body just can't keep up anymore. And you're, again, depending on how extreme, a certain level of just baseline exhaustion, right? So tired, fatigued, maybe feeling anxious and restless, but you can't calm down. Um, sadly, a lot of people have a certain degree of adrenal fatigue and going through like a medical school program, we almost all had it. So you just have to reset. And unfortunately, a lot of us, we don't have a lot of downtime as part of our daily routines. Not enough anyways. Yeah, we made it quite difficult in 2018 to have to have downtime. That's for sure. Uh, so basically, yeah. is it just chronic? I don't know if it's chronic stress necessarily, but that's kind of what it is. It's chronic, chronic stress that's causing fatigue. Yep. Big time. And, and again, it's not, stress is not a problem, but stress should be acute. Stress should be like, I have an issue and I recover. We're, we, we get up, we get our kids together. We rush to our jobs. We're in meetings. We're nervous. We rush to pick up our dry cleaning and we are in traffic. Like that's our day to day lives for a lot of people. And I think it's really important to admit that because I ask so many people in my private practice, like, you know, how are your stress levels? And then they don't, give me like a, a really good, like they say, oh, I'm okay, or things are okay. Then we get into the details and they are dealing with a lot of stuff. We yeah. just on average think it's normal, think that we can just keep up without refilling the tank. And unfortunately it will catch up with us. The question is when. People forget about self-care and how important self-care, like take care of yourself, you know, and you gotta do yeah. it every day. If you take care of yourself, then everything else will be taken care of. But if you're not doing that, which yeah. most people aren't, that's when these sort of conditions or, or, you know, symptoms and things like that start to come on. Um, yeah. So, okay, let's jump over to, I, there was a question there on detox. So before we get into the specifics, mm. um, I always get asked about detoxing and, and juicing and doing all these different things. Um, <laughs> can you explain what exactly detoxing is and why it's useful? Yeah. So let me first start by saying that a detox is not the same thing as a cleanse. So um, cleansing is a little bit more, um, we'll call it aggressive, but maybe that's not the best word choice. It's like a little bit more invasive. It like cleans you out, so to speak. So when I talk to people about detoxing, they're like, oh gosh, like am I only drinking like celery juice and like <laughs> by the toilet for five days? I'm like, no, 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 that, that's not a, a detox. A cleanse can be aggressive. Like it can kind of move things through you if you have a lot of buildup. Uh, if people want like a reset, I, re I recommend a cleanse maybe a couple of time uh, for a couple of days, but that's typically not for a first timer. Um, so you want to kind of um, start slow, and a detox pretty much is just doing what your body already naturally does. It's using the liver, the digestive system to clean things out. Your body already detoxes. So, like, just to kind of put that out there first and foremost, it's not something new. It's not something you start doing. It's just pretty much cleaning the junk on the assembly line so everything can run smoother. It's like stop putting you know, overload at the beginning of that assembly line. Let's take some stuff off, alcohol, sugar, um, you know, processed meats, things that are hard for the body to, to break down. And let's just give the body a chance to, to detox or to break down that junk that's built up over time. Detoxing is more just removing certain things from your diet so that you're getting less toxins inside of you. That's right. And depending on how well or how much you want to detox, of course, like I, I detox twice a year. I've created a a 21 day program to kind of help people along the way. 
You don't need supplements to do a detox, but personally, um, doing both uh, over the last 12 years or so, um, supplements help move things along. Okay, they just kind of like, you know, add oil to the car or like they kind of just smooth the, the, the uh, process along. But things that you'd normally find in, in foods like magnesium, B vitamins, vitamin C, um, a lot of us know about a lot of these foods and we hear that they're good for detoxing. It's for that specific reason that they help give you those nutrients that help the whole detox assembly line work better. Now, can you, does it need to be a whole food or can you have that in juices? Yeah, so juices, again, awesome uh, for you to kind of, again, focus a little bit more on cleansing, getting that digest, that the, the, sorry, the digestive system moving. Yeah. Starting with a cleanse for like a day or two, just juice only is not a bad idea. Um, some people take a while to get used to that. Like it's a little bit hard on the, on the body if they're only drinking juices and they're used to eating, you know, three meals, three snacks. Uh, also, if you have blood sugar issues, so that's either low blood sugar or high blood sugar. I don't recommend juicing, um, at least solo juicing, because it kind of sends your blood sugar a little bit up. So you want to make sure that you your body can deal with that. So people that have really heavy um, adrenal fatigue, exhausted all the time, you're actually stressing the body out a little bit by doing a detox or a cleanse. So you want to sort of take it easy. Um, so that's, again, a very individual thing. But juices make an awesome, awesome add-in. Now, isn't juices, though, does that not just increase um, or, I guess, concentrate the amount of sugar that you're consuming? It, does juicing, I guess, remove a lot of the fiber in that as well? Would it be better to blend up an actual fruit instead of just pushing the juice out of it? Is that, <laughs> does that make a difference? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. I'm more from the camp of, like, smoothies crushing, like, whole fruits, whole veggies um, into things. Um, juicing, yeah. when I say juicing... I'm talking like 90% vegetable. Okay. So when we're talking apple, pear, bananas, pineapple, and like a little bit of spinach, to me, that's not like that's not juice. It, it, it's just too much fructose. That's hard on the liver, you know, that type of sugar. Um, and again, don't get me wrong. These are healthy foods, but they're hard on the body. So when you understand the science, you have to sort of like step back and say, you know what? Just because it's a fruit, it doesn't mean I'm going to liquefy it and then chug it in 30 seconds. It's hard on the body. Yeah, yeah. And does it need to be, or is it recommended that it's organic foods instead of? Whenever possible, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's that Dirty Dozen and Clean Clean 15, I think, those lists that are put out by the Environmental Protection yep. uh, Group or, or um, agency, and they kind of list those top foods that should be organic, fruits and veggies. Um, a lot of things that have a skin or a peel, um, you can just peel those off or, again, buy organic whenever possible. One that I never buy conventional now, even though, again, I, I don't buy everything organic, and that's just, you know, honest. Um, yeah. I try and buy organic whenever possible. But strawberries, I will never buy them conventional. And that took a long time for me. The reason oh, yeah. for that is you can't um, wash or rinse or soak off the pesticides that are in strawberries. They're, they're sprayed on the plant when the plant's so young, so they actually get inside the berry. Okay. So really? a lot of things don't matter to be, to be uh, organic. I say, hey, you know, you don't have to buy everything organic or don't get overwhelmed. But yeah. when it comes to things like strawberries or certain berries in general, you may want to actually make those switches. Okay. Um, you're frozen. I don't know if, am I frozen on your end? Cause you're, you're frozen on my end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as the audio still works and okay, here we go. We're back on now. So I guess to summarize here with detoxing or with cleansing, ultimately the mm -hmm. goal is to try to limit the amount of toxins you're getting into your body so that, your natural detox system 
can do its job better. And so we want to remove foods or things that have a lot of toxins in them. And we want to, yeah. we want to start to consume more um, high, I guess, nutrient dense foods, correct? Exactly. Exactly. No. Yeah. Whole foods whenever possible. Whole foods whenever possible. And then is there, is, are there certain supplements you would recommend on top of that that you would then take if you wanted to go kind of take it to the next level? Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. And like I said, I'm, I'm pro supplement. So one thing I for sure I will say is a good quality detox powder, protein powder. Um, right. And that is so only because a lot of my on my detox programs and for my patients, I always recommend breakfast to be a shake. The reason for that is twofold. Number one, smoothie liquid is always easy to digest. So remember, the focus on it is on giving the liver a bit of a break. So we want to take the burden off digesting. So eating a heavy, high-fat, high-protein meal, um, though not a bad thing, not the best thing to do at every single meal. So a smoothie first thing in the morning is great. Now, a lot of us aren't getting enough protein, and these detox protein powders are plant-based, and they come with kind of pre, pre-made versions of a detox sort of package, meaning oh, cool. antioxidants, curcumin, like uh, you know, green tea extract, all the B vitamins, magnesium, all the stuff we talked about. Um, made to help your liver do its job. So it's kind of like an all-in-one. I am all about simple. So you could take a lot of those things individually, but uh, I throw in a... Sorry. I throw in a scoop of my protein powder, of my detox protein powder in my shake, and I'm good to go. Wow. Okay. I didn't know they had detox protein powder. So what... uh, Any certain brands or any specific kinds that someone should look out for? Yeah. Um... So that's, that's a great question. So again, when we're talking detox protein powders, we're already in a different category of supplements and nutrients. We're talking about cup, uh, companies that are a little bit more professional brands, right, that sell to practitioners uh, only because they're kind of cutting edge when it comes to something specific, like a detox powder. It's not your average protein powder. Um, two brands that I love, so Designs for Health and Thorn. Um, both of those are in Canada and the U.S., um, Thorn is called MediClear, love it, love it, um, and Designs for Health is called Paleo Cleanse. They're a paleo gluten-free brand, so anyone that's on a paleo or keto diet, this is a great kind of option if you're trying to maybe think about a detox, but very high quality. Um, clean, you know, pesticide, heavy metal free. The last thing you want to do is buy a supplement or a powder and be putting more into your body, additives, fillers. I'd rather you just stick to whole foods. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't make sense. Go quality uh, and do yourself a favor or just omit it. And I've done both. I get better results with the protein detox powder. I find with supplements, you always want to go high quality anyway, because if you're not, you don't really know what you're getting for the most part. It's scary. That whole industry, I know that's kind of not in the scope of today's uh, uh, talk, but people really need to, to understand that, you know, cheaper when it comes to their health is not better doesn't mean things can't go on sale. doesn't mean you have to spend on the most expensive products. But the ones that really are professional grade or at least, you know, high quality where you, you, you see a lot of transparency, you see that there's not a lot of additives and fillers, those will serve you better in the long run. So that's yeah. something I'm always preaching to everybody, regardless of the brand. <laughs> For sure. And there's a question here just asking where they can get those supplements. Does it have to be through a healthcare practitioner or can they order them online or... Yeah, so uh, both of those brands, Designs for Health and Thorn, are both available. Um, if you're in the U.S., Amazon, they have their own individual stores, so don't buy kind of from a random store. Always make sure you're buying from that company store because they, they will sell licensed product on Amazon. 
I'm part of, uh, you know, the Canadian side of things. Um, so the Thorn product, I buy mine on well.ca. That's a Canadian online retailer. Um, so quality products. And again, who doesn't want something delivered, right? You can go to your local health food store, um, but those two brands, in my personal experience, are hard to find in your neighborhood uh, store. They're just not as accessible. Doesn't mean you can't ask. So that's always the first step. Okay, awesome. Now, every time I talk about detoxing, the one part that I love about detoxing that um, is, is sauna and exercise. I, anytime someone asks about detox, I say, that's fine, body juices. You know, I, I, some of the yes. same things you've said, but I always say you've got to be exercising, you've got to be using the sauna if you have access to it while you're detoxing as well, because that's only going to make things move that much faster. Um, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, you know, twofold, I guess, with that. So exercise, that's a big topic. A lot of the patients that I see are either in one extreme, not exercising at all, or crazy intense exercises and love it. Like for me to say, go from seven workouts a week to six is like heart attack. So, um, and the reason why I say that, I say that, you know, kind of half joking, but in all seriousness, remember, detoxing is a form of stress on the body exercising in the right form in the right way during a detox is absolutely important sweating is very very important and we'll talk about sauna in a second but exercise um, i recommend doing again this is my opinion about half of the normal intensity of your workouts so whether that's six days a week still bring it down to half the intensity for some people they want to still do high intensity exercise so i tell them to actually decrease the number of workouts they have by about two or three so Again, this is not the same for everyone, but less intense is actually better during a detox. Uh, but sweating, yeah, you need to be doing it. So it doesn't really matter what way you actually carry that out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't... Uh, I'm just going to charge my uh, my phone here. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to lose you. Instagram Live just kills your battery. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. There we are. We're back in business. Um, uh, yeah, so sorry yeah, about that. And so sauna is really big because, um, you know, there's two types of sauna. So number one, there's infrared sauna. And that is, do you, have, do you know about infrared at all? Yeah. yeah. So that for those that are kind of tuning in, infrared sauna is, um, it's a non-wet steam or non-wet non heat source. And it penetrates a bit deeper into the skin. Research is actually mis um, sort of mixed on infrared sauna, but I absolutely love it. Meaning... It's not necessarily the holy grail for detox, but it does actually penetrate a lot deeper. Uh, I recommend either a wet sauna or the dry infrared um, either way. Typically one to two times per week is great. You can do it up to three or more, um, but hydration is key. Remember, even if you're not sweating, sweating, um, you're losing minerals as well as those toxins. So you've got to stay hydrated and, and that includes electrolytes as well. Yeah, yeah. So not just drinking water, but adding some, some salt or something into your, into yeah. your, exactly. I'm uh, I, I tell a lot of my patients, the lemon water with uh, sea salt is great. Yeah. Um, first thing in the morning, even after a workout, you can throw in some lime. If you don't like lemon, it's kind of like a natural Gatorade. Um, and for most of us, again, it's not about the water. It's about those salts. Those were, those are responsible for kicking out the toxins. I can't tell you how many people come in and they're like drinking eight or 10 glasses of water but their cells are not hydrated. So um, it, it's complicated a little bit, but it highlights how simple it could be to boost up your, in, you know, your, your hydration. I actually just did a post yesterday about uh, that exact thing, but you can drink as much water as you want, but it's not about how much water you drink, it's about how much water is going into your cells. Uh, so I talked about so it more on eating your water instead of drinking your water. So it's the fruit. Love that. Get, 
things like that. Um, but uh, also through adding salt and things like that will help drive that water. But the same, yeah, the same thing goes though because a lot of those high water content foods um, contain magnesium, trace elements, trace minerals that actually help your body, you know, take in that water. Um, yeah. And let me say one also thing about water in general. Pure water is so important. Um, you know, we're not going to get into debate about maybe all the best sources of water, but at least at the very, very least using a, like some sort of basic filter um, is, is ideal. Because remember, we're trying to clean things out and, mm -hmm. and toxins coming in, um, depending on where you live, really making sure you're putting in that pure hydration just to give you more of the, of the benefit from water. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so this one is actually, we got another question here, and it's actually kind mm -hmm. of tying into where we wanted to go next with this, which was kind of on the skin. Um, so the question oh, was, yeah. you know, I, I eat healthy for the most part, you know, I eat veggies in, in all their meals, uh, organic whenever possible, but I still break out. Uh, what factors should I be looking into? Yeah, so eating clean and they're still breaking out. And then I guess the question is for that person, if they want to say, like, where are they breaking out? Um, because that also tells you hormonally what's going on or if it is like um, uh, like a, a bacterial um, gut issue. A lot of acne and, and sort of gut health are very much related. Um, and if it's general all over, uh, a detox is obviously a huge part. So keep in mind, some people can eat clean, but if that toxic load is, has built up or if they have an imbalance of gut bacteria, that could be from travel, history of antibiotics as a kid, um, you know, getting really sick, having a serious stomach infection that can kind of throw off your gut bacteria, taking um, oral contraceptive, like the birth control pill for women. Like these things mess up your gut. So it doesn't mean you have to have a lot of digestive symptoms for the gut to be causing skin issues. So the first place I would probably start um, would, would probably be kind of taking out some of the main culprits of your, of your diet. So even if your diet's clean, you know, wheat, dairy, eggs, corn, and soy, those are the top five food sensitivities, not allergies. Um, and they actually cause a lot of, you know, inflammation in the body. So they actually may, in, in this individual's case, actually may help reduce some of the inflammation. Um, but doing a detox with some quality, like quality detox powder would be a, a surefire way to kick your body into high gear. Um, because those are the three areas, like toxic overload, um, digestive and gut issues, or just. Would, would toxic overload, or overload, not overload, uh, come, <laughs> <laughs> what you're putting on your face or putting on your skin as well. So whether it's the soaps that you're using, the moisturizers, um, you know, even makeup. I know I've, I've seen a lot, read a lot about it lately actually, and just a lot of it I know because I've recently switched to, to natural soaps and shampoos and all this stuff um, and deodorants and things because I know they have a mm -hmm. lot of heavy metals or things that just change or alter your, your hormones as well. Could that be a factor to, to your uh, acne? Uh, big time. Um, and in those cases, you'll see acne kind of all over the face or around the hairline because that's where more oil builds up. So you'll see it's mainly a product issue. Um, that, I think that individual who asked the question, she was saying that it's on her cheeks mainly. So cheeks, again, this is very, very, you know, uh, generalized, but in general, that's more of a digestive thing. So I look into the gut first. So either doing the detox and kind of getting rid of some of those food sensitivities um, or just taking yeah, some of the load off the body, um, maybe by doing a basic cleanse and just, I know it sounds simple, but simplifying the diet, right? Um, that's also where testing sometimes can be really, really helpful. I've seen 
so many people struggle for you know eight ten years we do one digestive test and then they're like oh now we know where the problem is it just yeah. helps treatment move faster I love not having to use tests but if you're struggling or you've tried one or two things without success uh, it, it's important to know that in 2018 these tests these answers are actually available you know I can probably guess a little bit better than the average person um, because of my clinical expertise and my knowledge base but at the end of the day, it's, I wish it was black and white and one solution for every problem, but it's not. So um, digestive health is something that in many cases actually can be the root cause of acne, especially stubborn acne. Okay. So cool. I hope that answers that question for, for yeah. yeah, the... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and so if anyone else has questions, feel free to, to ask them. Usually we do them at the end, but there's just a lot piling in, so we're kind of going off the fly here. But um, so one thing that you were talking about was that and I don't think really a lot of people understand is that detoxing actually helps uh, your skin quite a bit. So whether it's acne or not, but just how does detoxing kind of help with anti-aging, I guess, or, or improving the way that your skin um, looks and feels and, and functions? Well, you know, detoxing, you know, the skin is the largest organ, first, of, first and foremost. So um, if the skin is not healthy or if there's an issue with the skin, now it could be acne, it could be premature aging, it could be eczema, psoriasis, any skin issue, and I don't just mean on the face. Um, it's a sign that something else is going on. Um, and this was the first thing that got me into natural medicine. Um, you know, I had a history of adult acne. So, you know, in my early 20s, working full time, thought this is all behind me, you know, had a huge flare up. And, and my issue was the liver, and I had to kind of get rid of some of the foods and toxins that it built up. But having said that, you know, skin is, is, the first thing we see and everyone sees so there's there's a very emotional attachment to healthy skin right you, you want to feel good uh, but you want to look good as well because the inside is reflected on the outside so very very true that that um, that does signify um, often a, a larger problem or something to look into right like the skin just doesn't misbehave or have a symptom uh, and a lot of times it is inflammation or uh, a gut issue and, and that's immune system related as well okay so really, ultimately, it seems everything kind of, I mean, it's not even just the skin. I think any, any organ, anything in the body um, basically is going to do better when you're eating better, right? So it, it's yeah. just important to be eating whole foods, I guess, is the overall um, consensus here is eat whole foods and yeah. get rid of, I guess, kind of processed toxic foods. And that's going to not only help you detox, but it's going to help your skin. It's going to help with with aging, it's going to help with you know so many different different areas. Yeah, and I'll say one caveat as well about skin health. I was um, I'm, I'm writing a book this year and uh, researching oh, cool. like crazy for it. <laughs> yeah, so um, the chapter I'm going to be talking a bit about stress because I see this, of course, everyone complains about it, and it's a huge you know issue in modern modern living. Um, but about skin health for those people that are tuning in now and saying you know, if your skin is aging prematurely or just not great, um, you know, having high stress levels can really break down collagen as much as 10 times faster than a non-stressed individual. Really? So again, if stress is playing, you know, we say, oh, if stress ages you, it actually does. Um, so whether you care about the physical look of your skin or what's happening on, on the inside, um, it just highlights that the physical stuff, how we live our lives day in and day out, make a huge impact. It's just they add up over time. So when you have someone that's super busy and, and, and you know, can't really find time or doesn't know where they should put their time into kind of getting rid of stress or even how to do it, mm -hmm. what, what do you usually, is it meditation? Do you go that route? Mm -hmm. Or what kind of things do you, uh, do you prescribe typically? 
Well, stress and sleep go hand in hand. So if the person is not already sleeping well or sleep is like a luxury and they don't like they're mainly getting by with five or six hours, uh, we know that the people that live the longest or that have the, you know, the longest kind of quality of life sleep about seven to seven and a half hours a night. Now, don't get me wrong. That number is different for everybody. Uh, but if you're saying I'm fine on five hours, most likely that's not enough. So they, if your sleep is not where it should be, that's got to happen first before we deal with the, the stress reduction strategies. Okay. Um, if sleep is good, though, I, I do like meditation. Um, and I'll just kind of say mindfulness a little bit for those that are like, I don't want to meditate. Mindfulness, yeah. just being cautious or you know, aware of what you're doing. Um, I remember starting my first mindfulness kind of task when I first saw a naturopath before it was kind of cool. And I, I think her, her meditation prescription was stare at a wall for two minutes. Yes. Just stare at a wall. Just, you know, set your timer. Don't think about the time. Don't look at the paint chips on the wall. Just stare and kind of try and clear your mind. I cannot tell you how hard that was. <laughs> we all have that monkey mind and you have to start somewhere. So a lot of my patients that need meditation the most are the ones that say, I can't, I, I can't do it. I don't have time to do it. So yes. if that's anybody out there. And, and that was myself included. Um, that's the first place to start as little as a couple of minutes and build. It's a muscle. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I started meditation and I've talked about this pretty much in every show because one of the biggest things <laughs> I think for me is I, I'm busy with work with a lot of different things. So stress or anxiety, you know, happens quite often. And so for sure. I started trying to meditate, but my mind is always, it's everywhere, right? I'm always thinking of the next thing and, and what I want to do next. Yeah. And I've gotten a lot better at it because like you said, it's a muscle. You just need to practice. But one of the biggest things for me was just taking a bit of time to just breathe. Just think about what you're doing uh, and literally stare at a wall or close your eyes, whatever it is, and just deep yeah. breathe slowly. And, and you can feel that sort of stress or you know, whatever you have going on. You just kind of feel it slowly go away um, or at least lessen. And so I find if you, as soon as you start to feel a bit of stress come on, whatever it is that's going on in mm -hmm. your life, if you just stop and do that right away, you almost stop it. And it's almost like you can move on and it doesn't end yeah. up taking over your day or taking over your whatever it is. So I love that. Yeah, stopping in its tracks if you can, right? Or recognizing it is the first step and then seeing, yeah. you know, what, what can I do to kind of correct this or course correct as much yes, as possible. Exactly. So we have a couple questions here. One mm -hmm. uh, is about, and I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with this, but there's, uh, I experienced pretty bad jawline, chin acne um, after going vegan. Um, she mm -hmm. said, I'm sure there's other factors that are involved, but what hormone tests or things she should be looking for? Uh, so if it's just the jawline, that kind of fits a bit of a hormonal pattern. So that could just be more strain on some of the, um, the female hormones. So I definitely would recommend like a, a just a general saliva test for the female hormones, um, because that, you know, that kind of matches that pattern. But a lot of people that go vegan, um, they may just be, they may just be, uh, low in certain enzymes. And if your body doesn't get enough protein, um, our digestive enzymes, right? The juices that break down the proteins and the harder to digest fats, um, they can get a little bit weaker. So if your digestive system takes a hit, then you're not breaking down food as well. So things like, you know, vegetarian protein sources, lentils, quinoa, if those aren't being broken down, you will get infl inflammation on the face. It's not always the jaw that matches more of a hormonal pattern. So I'd recommend like a female uh, or if, it, if it's a female or a male pattern um, a testing panel. Okay. And that's saliva, ideally. The saliva test. Okay, cool. And then, uh, and this one, I don't. This is a tough one to answer, but uh, 
Mm -hmm. You said, I have two kids and can't uh, get enough good sleep. Uh, any yeah. recommendations? You said she tries meditation at 5 a.m. So when she wakes up, the kids are still sleeping. Um, yeah. I, did a, I actually just did a, a post on this about how to get better sleep. Um, and so there was, mm -hmm. a, there was a few things. And one, I, I recently blacked out my room completely so that when I fall asleep, one, I can fall asleep a lot quicker, um, which I yeah. think is important. But when you do, you actually you get into a more a deeper sleep. And you can kind of get into your REM sleep, I think, a little bit quicker. So I, yeah. the way that I was able to do that, one, was from blacking out my room. Um, mm -hmm. Two is if there's loud, because I'm in Toronto right downtown, so it can be quite yeah. loud. So I have uh, um, earplugs that I put in now, and that kind of helps. And then just before I go to sleep, I do a bit of uh, meditation and mindfulness um, and just sort of sit there and deep breathe. And I think it just allows me to sort of forget about, you know, usually you lay in bed and you just, you just mm -hmm. kind of wander, your brain just goes off. So I'll just... I'll breathe and sort of meditate and just kind of think about my day a little bit, but then go into thinking about how well I'm about to sleep. And I find whenever I do that, I can get to sleep a lot better and, uh, mm -hmm. and a lot quicker. Um, so that's, I don't have kids, so I don't know, <laughs> I guess I can't answer your, your question, but that's my advice of how to kind of get into sleep faster. I don't know if you have anything on that yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have kids myself, but I do have a lot of patients that have kids and that is a huge issue. Depending on how old your kids are and anyone out there, any parents, again, you know, it is a sleep. My point here, and I think the point we're trying to both get across is sleep is not a nice to have. Yeah. Um, it should be a priority. So the question becomes how then, and I treat kids as well, or, or naturopaths treat kids, you know, how can A, I get my children to sleep better? Um, and, and like you said, how can I then maximize the sleep that I do have? So if your kids are waking up every two hours, and I'm not talking about like a newborn or an infant, that's different. But kids that are at school age or older, um, a lot of parents, again, sometimes we want to do our, the best for our kids, but at what cost? So I see the parents coming in, right? I, I can't comment on, on the kids, but I see that that is not a priority, but there are a lot of strategies, like you said, to get to sleep faster. If you can get at least three to four hours, you know, uninterrupted, that's a huge step in the right direction. It's this waking every sleep cycle or two, you know, two hours and waking up constantly. Um, I ideally don't want anyone to wake up more than, uh, once a night, ideally none, but if you wake up once a night uh, due to other issues, um, that's a huge step in the right direction. And again, gauging how you feel in the morning. Do you feel rested? If you feel exhausted, that's where all the resources should go. Like, you know, if it's a partner, if it's, you know, getting your kids to, uh, in a better sleep routine, um, I, I just, people underestimate. They think, they think sleep's a luxury and it's really, really not. No, I completely agree. And I think Nothing too is when a lot of people will wake up multiple times throughout the night. I know my, both my mm -hmm. parents do it. Part of it, I think, is because my yeah. dad snores louder than pretty much anyone I know. Yeah. But a lot of it is there's so many different reasons why instead of just allowing that to be the way that you sleep, I think you need to find why is it you're waking up at night? Is it, do you have pain mm. somewhere? Um, is it, are yeah. you waking up rest or anxious? Like, is something on your mind? What is that? And figure that out. And then there's things that you can actually do to to help with that instead of just dealing with that for life you know figure out what that right. problem is and then and then figure out a solution to it whether that's going to see someone who can help you um right. or what that might be what i agree about, completely agree what about eating before sleep there's a lot of i hear different things of <laughs> when you want to eat there's timing and all this kind of stuff or the type of food to eat um what uh do you recommend for best sleep uh, so there's only a very small subset of the population that should eat before bed. 
Those are people who have an issue with their blood sugar regulation. Um, so either they got really low blood sugar, again, super exhausted adrenal fatigue individuals, or those that are actually managing some sort of blood sugar concerns like diabetes or prediabetes. Um, so they should have a small um, bit of, a uh, little bit of carbs and a little bit of protein for uh, to kind of slowly break down throughout their sleep. Um, but for the rest of us, and I have to admit, I do like my late night snacks or my later night snacks. So yeah. that's something that I still struggle with. Um, but in reality, we should not be eating um, uh, before bed. At least that's not the, like, the majority of us. Um, drinking, drinking tea if possible, great. You get into a nighttime routine. But again, if you're waking up every three hours to go to the bathroom, then most likely you need to work on again, training that, um, that bladder and your bedtime schedule um, to maybe do things that don't involve food, you know, journaling, uh, even prepping for the next day. A lot of people think they should do their chores and then they sit in front of the TV. Well, but that the TV has a lot of patterns around snacking and, and you know, sipping tea or, or alcohol or whatever people do. And it just, you're not setting yourself up. So I say set yourself up for success. So maybe get that stuff you know, the, the TV or your one show or two shows done earlier, um, and then use your nighttime to not look at a screen, to maybe wind down, maybe prep for the next day, but that also takes the mind off of food. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Um, okay, so we only have, Instagram kicks us off after an, after an yeah. hour, less than, we have about five minutes, so if anyone has a question, we can take maybe one more. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to, to just say, there's something on your mind, but I have one question that I ask everyone uh, at the end, and so uh, mm -hmm. I'm interested in asking you as well. So I'll ask that now, and then if, depending on how long that takes, we'll see what we have left. But um, sure. So my question is, uh, knowing everything that you know now, and this is after you know, years of schooling and, and being a part of you know, living a healthy lifestyle and teaching a healthy lifestyle, if you were to go back to day one when you were just starting kind of your health journey, what would be the one thing that you wish you knew at that point? Or one thing you would one thing I to set yourself up for success? Uh, I'd say uh, slow down. Slow I would down. say slow down. Um, and, and what that means is, you know, a lot of us are, are overachievers. We want, for example, whether, whether we want to be healthy in a week or whether we want to be, um, you know, um, a certain practitioner or a certain course or a certain, we always want to be further along. Um, but the journey, and whether that's a health journey or otherwise, it, the good things take time and it is worth it. So I encourage people to not be stressed if maybe they're not in the health place they want to be, but if they're constantly taking steps forward, and that's something that I guess I was doing, but I was sort of stressed the whole time. Like, then what? And then what? And, you know, the next step. Um, cool. uh, yeah, it all, it all tends to work out. So uh, knowing that you are moving forward, forward is forward. And if you're taking steps, you know, to empower yourself, to get healthier, um, to, to get that another course or learn more about a topic, I think that's, that's key. You don't have to be – it's not about the end goal. About the process. I love saying, I say uh, that. Yeah, it's about that process. It's all about the process. That's, I say that literally yeah. for everything. So I love that you just, you just did that answer. Um, it's so true. It's, it's not really health related per se, but it can be applied to anybody in any field. Yeah, definitely. It's self-development, right? Anything, anything that you're going to apply yourself to, whatever it is, yeah. it's all about a process. You're never going to be amazing at it right away. Um, <laughs> so you just need to know that you're going to not be good at it at the beginning and just Keep failing and keep getting better, though, as you fail. Learn from it. And, and yeah, it's all about that process. Agreed. Cool. 
Well, I don't see any other questions at the moment. Is there anything else you want to add before we, uh, before we finish up? Uh, nothing. No, nothing. I think we've covered a lot. I sounds like a lot of people were giving thumbs up and, you know, really we're happy about the content. So I hope everyone got a lot of good stuff. Um, if anyone wants to follow me for more health tips, those that are, uh, you know, not currently, uh, you know, tuning in, I'm uh, at Dr. Laura Bellis um, on Instagram and I have uh, lots of freebies, lots of health tips and my three day detox is available for download as well for free. So if people want to kind of get started with some of the things we talked about today, it's a great place to start. Awesome. And yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to put, um, so on the notes for anyone listening on the podcast, I'll put all your, your websites, um, and your Instagram account, all that kind of stuff there. So they can just access it with a click of a button. Um, but awesome. uh, yeah, if you're not follow her on Instagram, uh, Laura does a lot of great posts. You learn a lot just from following her. So it's really cool. Uh, I learned a lot today just on this talk. So thank you for taking the time to, to, uh, to jump on this and do this. I think it was, it was awesome. I mean, everyone seems to be liking it in the comments. Um, and I know <laughs> I learned a lot. So uh, it's really appreciated. Um, I actually want to come and do some tests probably uh, when I get back from yeah. Peru. So I'll come see you. Uh, I've been meaning to do share some your tests. experience. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe we'll uh, we'll shout out about that on Instagram too on, on how that goes. But awesome. uh, again, awesome. thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was awesome, and uh, all the best. Thanks, Kyle. Awesome. Right. We'll <laughs> be in touch soon, and I look forward to seeing you again on Instagram. <laughs> Keep Sounds up the good, good work. Take care. Good night. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Simple Show. More importantly, I hope you learned something from it. If you did, leave me a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me.